It's the first time in 40 years the tour has been in Minnesota, and there is tons to talk about. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, welcome to Data Access Golf, the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Um, so much to talk about. It's been a while since we put a podcast up there. Last one was on Michelle Wee back on, boy, a few days ago. And uh, her sort of, uh, boy, it almost feels like a semi-retirement, but hopefully not. But kind of went over her mental state from way back till now. And I don't know necessarily if she's been a gal who's had a lot of goals for long-term golf success. So you can't really blame her for doing what she's doing right now at all. Those long-term goals just haven't seemed to really be been in place. At least she hasn't talked about them in the past going through uh, all of her quotes from the last uh, couple decades. So anyhow, but I wanted to jump in here to the, uh, to the 3M. Uh, open going on this weekend uh, up in Minnesota for the first time in 50 years the tour is so that's pretty impressive but a couple things have been going on that seem kind of interesting um, Brooks Kepka for one talking about how he sort of the, the word that they they use on the article is laments unfortunate course conditions and talked about how he thought that the course kind of looked like it taken a lot of play that there had been, you know, ball marks and divots and things. And he thought that was unfortunate. And um, which Brooks kind of has made a name for himself for not caring about course conditions because everybody has to play the same course, right? So I was interested to hear that he said something like that. He hasn't played um, especially well. And it could very well be that uh, he doesn't care only at um, majors, Right. <laughs> but he cares very much at regular tour events that they're pristine and perfect for them. I don't know. I didn't know how to take this. I didn't know if it was like prima donna boy talking about, you know, he doesn't like to play on courses that aren't perfectly prepared. And then obviously the major courses are perfectly prepared. They shut them down um, sometimes months in advance of having a tour, a, you know, a, a, a major there. And uh, Twin Cities apparently is there for the rest of us to play. And uh, maybe Brooks doesn't like that so much. So kind of the first time, I don't know. He's an interesting cat. That's for sure. I had the unfortunate, um, I had the un unfortunate incident uh, this week when I was reading some Garf art articles and happened to catch. Uh, they thought it was important to show him in some kind of a weird thongy bathing suit. Well, nobody needs that. Uh, so... Anywho, so that's it for Brooks. I thought that was interesting. It, it, he continues his his sort of average, mediocre play in non-major events. So let's see if he can uh, turn that around. One of the big surprises, I think, at least for me, is this Matthew Wolf. Obviously, um, a kid who did well at the collegiate level. Um, he's very well known for that very unorthodox swing, and he's playing quite well. At least uh, he played really well on Saturday, shooting a 62, nine under. And so I kind of dove in and wanted to take a look at sort of what he's been doing. I worry about that swing because it is um, not on plane. It's a very idiosyncratic swing. It's a very, um, it, 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 he's, he, he can generate a lot of club head speed, 
But there's so many moving parts that are so off-plane that it's a swing that relies a lot on timing. And those types of swings aren't typically consistent from week to week or day to day. And you can kind of see that in his play. And it's not that golf is super easy, right? You can't get to a point where you're, um, well, that's not necessarily true. You've got Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy's and those types of folks who have um, Adam Scott's have swings so on plane that it's very hard for them to not play consistently week to week. And they're the ones that then make a lot of cuts where you see, and, and just looking at Matthew Wolf's stats then for this week, you kind of get a, a really good glimpse into what's going on. First off, he's gone 69 minus 2, 67, uh, 62, right? So he's gotten progressively better as the week's gone on. So his timing's getting better or what's going on or something's going on that way. But if you look at his stats, his strokes gain, his strokes gain off the tee is not impressive. Um, he hasn't gained a stroke on the field any one of the three first days. So off the tee is not good. So that swing's not performing well off the tee. Um, approach to the green, he has been roughly, uh, the first and second round, he was roughly a stroke better than the field. And that showed in the score. Today, he was four strokes better than the field. And so obviously his timing and everything was really on today. And he hit it well. Uh, around the green, he lost to the field on the first round. And then didn't pick up a stroke on the field the second or third round. So nothing too impressive there. His putting, um, the first two days, less than a stroke on the field. In fact, the first day is 0.3. I mean, so his putting's not impressive. Um, today, on Saturday, he picked up one point, essentially seven strokes on the field putting. So putted better today, but obviously hit, you know, more greens today. Um, so it, it's, it's sort of a mixed bag. I mean, his driving accuracy is averaging at 60, you know, 67%. Sand saves, he's 50% for the week. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see a scra his scrambling, scrambling up and down. He's less than 50%. And if you think of our benchmarks is our benchmarks are 55% at data access golf, right? So he's below our benchmark. So that's definitely a problem area. And there's only been, um, well, round two, he was 75% around the green. He was 20% scrambling on the first round and 50% third round. So not a lot. Um, he played really well today and, and obviously did well, but I still worry about his swing. It's so unorthodox. I, and anytime, here's the problem. Anytime when you're unorthodox and you're moving your body and contorting it in a way that's not natural, then injuries are possible. I mean, ask Michelle Wee. Uh, you just can't mess with your body like that. And injuries start to um, add up and they start to take strain on your body. So figuring out what your body does naturally and following along with that is always the best way to go for long-term success. And I just worry about, we'll talk to Tiger Woods too. Tiger Woods made some really unorthodox moves in his golf swing, which worked great when he was young. But as he got older, they started to stack up injuries. And if you look at Tiger Woods' swing now, it is fundamentally as natural as he's ever looked, and he's taken all the strain off his body. Very consistent swing now, um, but his timing was off the charts too. So this this Matthew Wolf, he is 
he is something. Uh, I mean, that he is a talent and definitely he definitely got the ball the ball in the hole today. So, interesting to see how he plays tomorrow. Definitely keep an eye on that. Obviously, uh uh, DeChambeau, you know, still one stroke behind on hole 13. So working his way up there. Um, I also, one last thing I wanted to jump into to wrap this one up. So not a super long show for sure, but I, um, the first day when, um, Hideki Matsuyama was playing so well and was, was putting unbelievably well. Some of the commentators made this comment that, um, Hideki had been messing with his stroke and messing with his putting and working on his putting, and he'd found that if he narrowed his stance, he was putting a whole lot better. So they attributed him putting better to a narrowed stance. And my head about exploded. I'm so, I mean, wow, really? Just closing your stance, just just narrowing your stance somehow or another makes you an extraordinarily better putter. And then they went on to say he used to have one of the widest stance, and now he doesn't. You know what? I've, I've got a, a buddy of mine that putts with the widest stance you've, you've ever, ever seen, and he slices every putt, but he putts wonderfully. Okay, so I, I just have this. It's it's not. Now, the reason, let's go back to this. This is a Fred Shoemaker, and, and this has been proven so many times that, it, it, Timothy Galloway, a lot of these guys, a lot of guys talk about this, but that you've got to be in the moment. You've got to be present to what you're doing. And anytime we change something in our golf swing. So for example, Hideki Matsuyama changing and narrowing his putting stance. Well, that becomes interesting to him. That becomes, um, something different. He feels something different. He is different. He's standing taller over the ball. All this stuff is different to him. So that takes him outside of his head where he's thinking about techniques and strategies and all of that kind of stuff. He's just so weirded out because he's standing differently that he is now present to what's going on. Like he is so interested in what this narrow stance is going to do for his putting stroke that he is experiencing it, experiencing it in his hands and his feet. Everything's different. And it's so interesting that it's pulled him out thinking about his head in his head, thinking about you know, how to stroke it and how to hold it and all that kind of stuff. He is just outside experiencing what is going on in the very moment it's going on, not having these eternal dialogues. And that's why he's putting better. It's not the narrow stance. And I, I, it just, I don't know how many times we have to keep going back to Oh, yeah, they, you know, there's some things that can be fundamentally wrong. Like if, if you've got a grip that's too strong or, or too weak, okay, we can work with that. That's definitely something. But a narrow stance, how does that change squaring your face? If it does change squaring your face and you've got a piece of equipment there showing you, hey, if you stand a little narrower, you're going to square your face better, then that's great. You should continue to putt super, super well from that point forward because it's fundamentally changed your stroke to be better than it was. But if it's not the case, then it's going to be something more like um, it's just going to hang on for a little bit. You know, it's going to be helpful for a couple days and then it's going to disappear. That's how you know if it was just about being present, a Fred Shoemaker uh, phrase that we hear a lot. Is it about being present to what you're doing or is it fundamentally made your swing better or your stroke better? 
Okay, so if we look at Hideki Matsuyama's, um, if we look at Hideki Matsuyama's scorecard, right, and his stats for the week, that first day, right, when everybody was like, oh, he's on fire, he's unstoppable, and he shoots a 64, it's his narrow stance. Okay, well then if it absolutely changed his stroke and made his face square or whatever it is, improved his tempo, whatever it is, then we would expect to see his putting game continue to go, continue to go well for the rest of the tournament. Right? So he averaged 3.2 strokes on the field. He picked up 3.2 strokes on the field, which is great on that first day, right? You take that over the course of the entire tournament. He's going to pick up 12 strokes on the field. That would be so impressive. Okay. So what did he do in round two? He lost 1.3 strokes to, to the field. And what did he do on round three? So far, he's lost 1.18 strokes to the field. He's losing strokes to the field with this wonderful new narrow putting stance. What does that tell us? It tells us it's the narrow putting stance is not that interesting to him anymore. And now he's all back up in his head thinking about what he's going to do to try to fix something. And it's not about fixing anything. It's just about being present and letting it happen. Oh, so frustrating. <laughs> uh, uh, mercy. Ah, uh, Sorry, rant. Total rant going. So Hideki Matsuyama's putting, with even when he had a 3.2 the first day, for the three days to, di- to this moment in time, he's only picked up 0.7 on the field. So how's that narrow stance looking for you now? It wasn't the stance. It did nothing to fix his putting stroke fundamentally. Nothing. It just made him interested, more interesting, more interested in his putting stroke for a little while. So he wasn't in his head thinking Japanese words on how to take the club back and square the club face. Right? Oh, mercy. Oh, my. Okay. Sorry about that. So super excited about the weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Actually just going to wrap up this podcast and get to go pick up my daughter. And we're going to go do some swing bite work. I've got some pretty cool news coming, I think. About uh, about some technology and stuff that's coming up. I can't, but I'm really pumped about it. And I'm super excited about going out to work with my daughter and work on her game. And and I think she's going to learn a lot today based on some of the video work that, uh, that we've been looking at. Um, oh, one last thing. Okay, this little, uh, so did you, if you happen to see uh, Bryson DeChambeau's little, uh, interview after he got done with his round yesterday they asked him hey what have you been working on and he's like oh it's a secret or whatever folks go back and look at his swing from like three weeks ago and look what his driver does up at the top and look what it's doing up at the top now there's his fancy secret three weeks ago he was completely crossing the line and he's been doing that most most of the year and This week, he's not crossing the line. He's staying on plane. That's one variable removed from his golf swing that changes everything. Now you don't need as much timing to hit the ball solidly if you stay on plane, right? Go take a look at it. It's pretty obvious. Even from where I think I really noticed it at Pebble Beach, how he would really cross up at the top, cross the line at the top. And again, I'm, I'm talking about crossing the target line. Okay, so he is sort of pointing the club over the target line, crossing it, where now he's staying parallel to the target line. He's not crossing it. 
um, much easier to play from there than it is when you cross the line. It's just an added variable, more timing, all that stuff that we're talking about with Wolf. So anyway, thanks for joining me today. Hope you have a great weekend. Get out and play some golf. I'm going to go enjoy my uh, the afternoon with my daughter, maybe my son. He said he might join us, but we'll have a great time. It's a beautiful day. Until next time, Aaron Stewart saying better data always means better golf. And it's not your putting stance. Mercy. See ya. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com. And we'll see you on the next episode.